Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Souter. We're here with Lynn Moisen, and we are talking about uh, the Passion Week. And um, for those of you who are just joining us and you want to hear more about it, the first couple of segments, we talked about Sunday, Palm Sunday, and leading up to the, the whole week. And if you want to hear this whole show in its entirety, you can go to SoundCloud.com. You can go to Facebook. You can go to iTunes. You can type in Solid Steps Radio, or you can just go to furtherstoneministries.org, click on the mic, and you'll be able to hear this entire show in its entirety, commercial-free, thanks to our sponsors, Carol Rogers, Carpet One, and LNN Credit Union. So, Len, we, we're, into, we're moving into now Thursday, Monday, Thursday, what we would call that today, a day that he's um, in the garden, and he's just about to be arrested. What's going on? What do you think is going on in the mind and heart of Jesus? Well, I, I think that whole garden scene is interesting because effectively they've just come from, from the supper. They've just come from the Last Supper. They've had a, a really an elevated experience. Jesus has washed their feet. He's given them instructions. He's told them, given them communion, told them to do this in memory of me. They're on a high. They go to the garden and Jesus asks them to watch and pray and he prays, comes out, finds them asleep. <laughs> that a great description of humanity. And he does it a couple of different times, but effectively he is travailing in that garden. And there's a sharp contrast between him travailing and the disciples sleeping. Mm. And so essentially you take a look at that and you say, well, you know what? That's us. Mm. You know, and really we can sleep comfortably um, and actually be ignorant of all of the travail that Jesus went into. Because I don't, I don't really know yeah, we, we intellectually have an idea of what Jesus suffered and went through, but we don't really, mm-hmm. we don't really grasp that. But essentially, so Jesus is travailing and then all of a sudden there's going to be a, there's going to be an arrest and, and Judas betrays him with a kiss and Jesus actually said what, something to Judas yeah, about wait, that. Yeah. What did he say? Uh, what did he say to Judas? He betray me with a kiss. You know, actually it was a question. Uh, and, and, what was interesting about this is the disciples, I think, were shocked, as you would be. I don't know. if you, Have you ever been in a fight? Um, there are a couple of different reactions. Uh, I've been, I grew up in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> but, but essentially, sometimes you freeze, and then other times you start swinging. And you could see that in the disciples. Some of them froze, but Peter pulled out his knife and cut somebody's ear off. He's ready to rumble. Uh, and essentially, again, you see that humanity, and yet Jesus uh, quelled that, and he healed the person that Peter, which is interesting to me. Uh, if if I were a guard and I saw that happen, wouldn't you be oppressed? Uh, yeah. Uh, but but he healed the guy who had his ear cut, Malchus, had his ear cut off, and yet um, they didn't respond at all. As a matter of fact, they continued to arrest him. And in prison, him. Well, and Peter wasn't just trying to cut off his ear. No, he was going. He was going after his head. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But that's why I like Peter. <laughs> I like Peter. You know, and 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 Jesus got irritated to Peter from time to time. I mean, re- remember when he said, "Are you so dull that you still don't understand, Peter?" You know. So one minute he's praising him, and the next minute he's doing something stupid like me. That sounds that sounds familiar. You know, the, the, um, I think it's Luke's passage when it says, and we, we give the disciples a hard time, but, you know, we, 
we are just like them. It, it says exhausted from sorrow. Yeah. The, the disciples knew something was up. There was so much energy going all around in Jerusalem. The Passover is 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 is, is going on. There's uh, there's tens of thousands of people. They've come to the temple to worship. There's a lot of energy, and, and Jesus has already uh, overturned the, the tables. He's he's called woe to the Pharisees, uh, the, the, the woes of, of, of uh, coming out of Isaiah. Um, he's, um, uh, and they know something is going on. But I don't think they fully understood. No, I agree. Uh, and as a matter of fact, that's a, a clear demonstration that is what happened to Peter afterwards. He just he just disappeared, went back to fishing. Essentially, didn't get the fact. And that's one of the reasons my class is called the Emmaus class. I love that that passage in Luke where Jesus meets them on the road to Emmaus. And and they said after he had they'd recognized him, did our hearts not burn this as, with desire as he showed us the things of God? And I think he was going through scripture showing them where he was. Mm. And for me, that's really exciting. So I wanted to create an environment in my Sunday school class where people had a burning desire to learn the things of God. And so I don't think the disciples really understood that until he was actually resurrected and appeared to them. And even when he appeared to them, Thomas doubted him. Uh, he wanted to be able to put his fingers in the in the wounds and <laughs> And, and, and then Jesus appeared to him. So I think we deal with some of the same circumstances the disciples did. But what's great about it is that God in his mercy and his grace loves each and every one of us. All we have to do is believe. We don't have to fully understand. Is all we have to do is believe that, that he was crucified for our sins, that he was resurrected as our first fruits. And when we believe that and accept that and receive that, Jesus, through the work of the Holy Spirit, continues to enlighten us more and more and more each day so that we continue to learn mm. all through our life. Yeah, that's beautiful. Okay, so Lynn, now he's, uh, he's, he's ready to be arrested. Judas comes. There's all kinds of soldiers. Um, he kisses him to demonstrate, okay, he's the guy. Um, what happens to all the disciples? They flee. As a matter of fact, they flee. They, they just all run. Yeah, they, they flee except for Peter. Peter's a guy who I'd want in a fight. I want him on my side because you know? he, he, he's ready to rumble. Uh, and, and, and yet Peter also follows Jesus, but he denies Jesus. Mm. And he denied him three times. And so essentially, after he denied him the third time, I'm sure that Peter was so remorseful about that and yet he was caught between a rock and a hard place. So a lot of people talk about, well, if I were in that circumstance, I'd never deny him. Sure, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not in that circumstance. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the soldiers and all the, uh, the anger and hostility and, I mean, because these people, they, they wanted to go after Lazarus. I mean, they wanted to kill Lazarus before they, because of Jesus raised, raised him from the dead just, just a few days before this. And so there's a great hostility. We, we're going to take this guy out. Yeah. And, and, and there was not only hostility, uh, effectively, there were plans and plots to, to do that, to yes. do that very thing. And so essentially, Peter knew about that, mm -hmm. and he was scared and afraid. I can't blame him. Can you? <laughs> no. I mean, when we think about going to the, to the dark 
part of a, of, a, of a city where there's a lot of crime. And yeah, you walk with fear. I mean, you, you my neighborhood. You, yeah, your, your neighborhood <laughs> you grew up in in Chicago. Yeah, and and I, and so yeah, we we from a distance we we look at Peter, we look at Jesus, and we really can't fully grasp all the energy and tension and hostility and hatred, and we want to take his life. But what's great about this is that as Christians, as believers in Christ, we know that existed. We know that that has gone before us, but what we also know is that Jesus didn't end the story there. He rose from the grave a few days later. And the, for me, the exciting, you know, I've got a friend of mine who's an expert of the resurrection. His name is Gary Habermas. And we've had him here um, several times to Louisville. Um, and he also does some work on the Shroud. But I was watching um, the movie uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it was a movie about um, uh, the, uh, the case for Christ, Lee Strobel, and how he came to Christ. And one of the people he talked to was Gary Habermas. And so Gary was giving him some evidence for the historicity of Jesus. But then at the end, he said, well, why do you believe? He said, I'll tell you, very simple. He said, my wife, Debbie, has died with cancer a few years ago, and she's gone on to be with the Lord. And I'm looking forward to seeing her again. And that's why I believe. And what's interesting about Debbie is that I worked with Gary. And uh, right before we came to Louisville, Debbie and Gary had a dinner party for Gigi and I. And, uh, and that's the last time I saw her. So I resonate with what Gary had to say, because I've had friends and family members uh, go to be the Lord. And uh, a good friend of mine, a guy named Dan Keenan, who was a Vietnam vet, got shot up, all kinds of uh, issues. But um, I talked to him right before he died and gave him some books to read several times and finally he said to me one day when I called him right before he died he said he said you know I've been reading a book you gave me by Henry Nowen and he said he said this isn't a cop-out but I've come to believe that Mm. well for me that's the excitement of the resurrection because I'm going to see my friend Dan sometime in the future again I will see my first wife Again, that's why um, of, of all the I am statements of Jesus, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the living water. I am the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the gate. Uh, but my, my favorite, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And that's what we celebrate in Easter. Amen. It's not about eggs. It's not about bunnies. It's about the resurrection of the living Christ. Mm. And we are going to talk about that in the fourth and final segment. And it's, it's a shame that you can try to fit the resurrection Easter Sunday in a nine-minute segment, which is impossible to do. But if there's anybody who can do it, Lynn Moising can do it. So we're going to do that here in a minute. We're going to take a break and be back here shortly with Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and unfortunately final segment of Solid Steps Radio. We're having a good time talking to Lynn Moisen, uh, and we're talking about the Passion Week uh, from Sunday, Palm Sunday, Jesus entering into Jerusalem until uh, the, the, the day that, is, uh, that changed history forever. And uh, we're talking about Easter Sunday. And, I mean, you, you talk about ch- changing history forever. I mean, we, we our calendar is because of Jesus. I mean, we our whole calendar is based on the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. You you cannot deny that he 
that he walked this earth and he lived and he died and he rose from the grave. Well, you know, uh, there are folks who do deny that. Yes. But there are no serious scholars, interestingly enough. As a matter of fact, uh, again, I, I had a conversation with Gary Habermas and he told me that, that there are five facts that virtually all of his, uh, uh, ancient history scholars believe in. And three of those facts are that Jesus died, Jesus was buried, and Jesus appeared to people after his crucifixion and his death. So effectively, death, burial, and resurrection are the essence of what we believe in as Christians uh, related to Easter. And essentially, the historical facts, as Lee Strobel found out in his movie, uh, essentially, he searched and searched and searched, and there were more historical facts than he really realized, and ultimately mm. he became a believer. But essentially, you know, if you think about it, Jesus died on that cross. Why do I say that? That was the most heinous form. Talk, talk about that a little bit, Lynn. Well, well, first of all, he had a scourging. And interestingly enough, they knew that one of the, one of the scourgers, there were two who beat him, um, and, and it wasn't just a beating with whips. It was a beating with whips that had balls uh, with pieces of metal in them at the end. So it would literally tear your back apart. And one of them was left-handed. Interestingly enough, they can tell by the strokes. But essentially, it would have been a, almost miraculous for Jesus to have been able to survive so, that. And that's a, that's a good illustration of why he fell on his way to Golgotha carrying the cross. Because he was, in in one sense, almost half dead he, from that. He was whipped. Uh, and, and essentially, I can remember after practices uh, in college being exhausted from doing wind sprints and going back and forth. That's nothing compared to what he endured. And then he was on the cross. Well, effectively, what happens to people on the cross is their position in a way that they have to push up on the small plank below in order to breathe. And so essentially what happens ultimately on the cross, if they hang there long enough, is that they suffocate. And essentially to make sure that Jesus had, had died, not only did he suffocate and he appeared to be dead, but to make sure, what did the guard do? He came by and pierced his heart with a spear. Now essentially what came out of that heart was uh, was essentially blood as well as water. And that's a clear sign. I heard a physician talk about this, that he pierced the pericardium, and effectively that sack had water in it. So Jesus was dead, pure and simple. Well, and that and that's why they they went to the, the robbers on both sides, the criminals, uh, and, and broke their, their legs. legs. Yeah. Because wh- why would they want to break their legs? Well, because they, they wouldn't be able to push themselves up and breathe. So essentially, and what's interesting is about that's a fulfillment of prophecy too, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Uh, Where no bones would be broken, it said. And so essentially, Jesus died. He was put into that grave. But then he was seen by 500 witnesses. Essentially, he rose from the grave. So the whole concept of the swoon theory that they that the, he really survived and they stole his body, wasn't gonna happen. There's no where, way. Yeah, there's no way. And, and with, that, with that guard, that Roman guard, uh, they, were, they were taught to defend a pretty good sized territory. So essentially there's no way that anybody could have gotten in there to steal that body because if they would have, then the guards themselves would be killed and they weren't gonna let that happen.
No, they, they were going to do everything in their power to, hey, this guy predicted he was going to be raised from the dead. We're going to do everything in our power to make sure, hey, his disciples don't steal the body. We're going to put guards around and, and secure this place. Now, what's interesting about that too, Kurt, is that the witnesses in Scripture are women. Well, why is that interesting? Well, effectively in that society, women were nothing. Their word had, had and yet the Bible states that women were the first witnesses, okay? Why would a Jew write that? Because women were unacceptable. They weren't leaders, they weren't anything. And essentially, actually, quite frankly, Jesus was kind of the liberator of women. Mm. Um, So if it wasn't true... They would have never written all that down. They would have made something else up. Uh, So essentially, there is so much evidence for the resurrection, for the crucifixion, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, that it's irrefutable by most scholars. That's, and that's, that's what gives us hope. Well, if you listen to people like Richard Dawkins and when he was alive, Christopher Hitchens. And Sam Harris and those guys. But effectively, all they do is really, their arguments are ad hominem. They're, they're not substantive at all. Uh, they're not based on fact. They're not based on anything other than their opinions. Essentially, if you study the facts, Jesus overwhelmingly rose from the dead. There's no question about that. And that's as Christians, as people who put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, that is the essence of, if he is not raised from the dead, what did Paul say? Well, then we're most to to be pitied. But essentially, interestingly enough, I I heard a version of Paul's commentary, that's in 1 Corinthians 15, um, and, and, and essentially, uh, it was by Chuck Colson. Chuck Colson said, if, if Jesus didn't raise, wasn't raised from the dead, then, then what difference does any of this stuff make? You know, do your own thing. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. But essentially, if he did raise from the dead, if he was who he said he was, then what are the implications for you? What does that mean? And I think it's I think that's an important, crucial question. We used to have a, we used to have a, a question. We used to have a, a course at at Bellarmine called Ultimate Questions. There are ultimate questions that that men and women must answer. And one of the questions is, what do you do with Jesus? What do you do with the empty grave? And if he really did rise from the dead, what does that mean for you? What did he say? And essentially, <clears throat> that's what really. I mean, those are some of the things that brought me to the point of salvation. Where, what does he mean for you? What, what, when you finally said in your heart and in your mind, this has got to be true. And if it, if it is true, I'm going to put my trust and faith and my loyalty to him. Yep. Growing up as a Catholic, I'd heard a lot of these things, but I never put them together. And when I finally put them together, it was overwhelming powerfully overwhelming and joyfully overwhelming. And I, I encourage anybody who's listening to, to, to put Christ to the test. Investigate, but don't just listen to what somebody else says. Investigate it for yourself, and you're going to find more. You're going to find overwhelming evidence 
that this story that we're talking about today is absolutely fact, not fiction. Well, and, and uh, listeners, I wish you could see Len Moisen in the studio here because he is his arms are going and he is passionate <laughs> because you know why? Your life has been changed. Jesus That's has right. changed you. That's right. He, and he when, really when he changes you, you, you you're, you're transformed. I, 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 you know, there, there's a there's a concept that enthusiasm is really comes from the word enthus, which is God in you. And I think if God is in you, you can't help but but let him out and, <laughs> and express him. Also, combined with that is the fact I grew up in an Irish and Italian neighborhood in Chicago, so I can't talk without my hands. <laughs> Len, it has been an absolute blast to have you. Thanks for coming in and just kind of unpacking the whole, this Holy Week. And, uh, and we will have an incredible day of celebration coming up. But thanks for coming in. Well, thanks, Kurt, Chad. Uh, it's been my pleasure. So, uh, Len, would you pray for us? Would you pray for us, guys, that we would be men? We'd step up to the plate. We would follow Christ with every ounce of our being. Father, I thank you that you have created a new legacy in me, a legacy of faith and not fiction. Father, I pray for the men listening to this, that God, that your resurrection will touch them. God, I I pray that you'll reach hundreds, even thousands of men with the truth of the gospel. God, I thank you for this radio program. I thank you that the message of your resurrection has gone out to hundreds, maybe thousands of people. And I pray God, and I know God that it won't return void. I pray that that message will touch the hearts and that that hundreds will come to you. I pray that the Mm -hmm. truth of your gospel will be not only received but God, that you'll create new lives and those lives will be changed and you'll create new legacies, hundreds and thousands of new legacies in the lives of the people that hear this message for we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. Amen. 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 So uh, happy Easter. We hope that you have enjoyed this show. If you just caught a minute of it and going to or from Easter services or heading over to somebody's house for lunch on Easter Sunday, hey, go back and listen to the whole show on SoundCloud, Facebook, iTunes. Just type in Solid Steps Radio or you can go to furtherstoneministries.org. Thanks for listening. And uh, we pray that you will walk more solidly and uh, walk with God through Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio.